0: All right, you ready? Take
1: a chance, Columbus did.
0: You ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Well, good. We're we're on. We're on. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast. I'm hanging out here with my buddy Nathan Hire. Uh, Nathan's from Mesa, Arizona, and and we've known each other for a couple of years. I actually knew your brother Tyler before I met him. Before I met you, yes. Uh, but we didn't really get to be friends. He yeah. just came to a clinic and he busted his arm shortly after going to your clinic, and, and then he's got out. out. Yeah. So, anyways, but I like hanging out with you. You're good people. Uh, Nathan's good family man. Uh, what got a wonderful wife, Megan. Um, you might have heard Sky talking about Megan in uh, one of our last podcast episode. Uh, I think it was 149 or something like that. Um, anyways, great family. Nathan hosts a semi-private clinic in Mesa, Arizona at his place. And uh, hopefully we can come back again next year. Absolutely. Put you on the spot on the podcast. Yeah, to make, make you invite me. Hard workers only. Hard workers only. Absolutely. So. And you got to be fun. got to be fun. You got to smile. Right? Yeah. Um. So Nathan, uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Happy to. He's, we just finished up a, another semi-private clinic here in Sedona. Yeah, we've been riding for four days, working for four days. We're covered in dust and dirt, but we, we've had a lot of fun. But uh, I know you, you're missing your family you want to get home, but I, I wanted to have you on. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Um, Nathan, if you'll start by introducing yourself, um, just maybe you and your family and talk about your transition in your careers, which I think is very crazy. It's a huge transition in, in career choices. Uh, but I'm grateful for it. Uh, so just go ahead and guess, give us a little bit of an in, of introduction here. Sure.
1: So originally my family was from Northern Utah, uh, Logan area. And we moved from there when I was six and we left, you know, a family farm behind, left having horses right there. My dad was into driving and uh, he's a good horseman. And, you know, I used to enjoy watching him shoe his, he had a little team of Palomino ponies he'd shoe. And drive around with a carriage and all the kids would ride and i loved that and always wanted to be a cowboy or a farmer um, used to sit on the on the wheel well of the tractor and smell the dirt and all the all the good stuff there and when we moved him to, to apache Junction arizona we didn't have that it was it was really hard to to get back to so i you know would go muck stalls for a, a boarding lady and just for you know spend time doing that so i could ride her pony and just any, any kind of interaction I get with horse horses at all was a lot of fun for me. So move forward. Um, about 10 years ago, um, my wife and I had been married for just a short time and a man came to me and said, Hey, I need a guy like you to come to work for me. And I went to work at a bicycle shop, um, began learning that got the mechanic side, got the, you know, the sales side and customer service side and was really feeling comfortable doing that. I had wanted to be a cop and, Got discouraged from that. Um, as we began to have a family, kind of didn't want to live that lifestyle. So, move forward. We ended up buying that bike shop and ran that for five years. Um, was able to have really good growth and some good success there, and learned a lot of lot of things along the way. Um, and that gave us the chance about five years ago to get to a place where we could keep horses at our home. You know, we had a place to do that finally. Um, so got started with a team of halflinger horses and trained them to drive. That's kind of, you know, that was kind of a fun thing. Working horses or working mules was, a an attractive thing to me farming with, with horses. And so we started out doing that and then started riding them. And my brother Tyler talked me into mules, and he went to a clinic of yours, and you know, here we are. And
0: he got so, <laughs> out of him, and you got it. You got in. Him. Yeah, he talked me in, and then he said, "I'm done."
1: He he had a pretty bad wreck, and in his profession, he needs to be able to use both of his arms. And he had a bone come through his arm. It wasn't a good wasn't a good wreck. So. Yeah,
0: and talent. You told me he was he was
1: riding colts for people and working on other animals for animals. Yeah, people he had a, he had a fellow that was bringing in mules from from the east, and. Uh, didn't know a whole lot about him, And truth be told, you know, Tyler is a good, good man. He's good at everything he does. He just is talented Mm -hmm. and hardworking. And, um, you know, now at this point, I think he looks back and thinks, you know, knows that he shouldn't have been maybe doing what he was doing. And yeah, anyway, without a little bit more experience and, and work into him, So there's, there's a need for that that, that I saw and I began following your stuff and you put out so much free content, you know, that I I was able to watch videos and do all this stuff. When Tyler got me into mules, we ended up with a team of mules named John and Buck about three and a half years ago and uh, started with them and they were, they were good driving mules and just gentle enough to let you get on them and kind of ride them around. But they were very bracy from having been driven, feeling all that pressure on their mouth anyway. Um, they've turned into really good mules and mm-hmm. my daughter rides one of them and he's just the best for, for our family. He's a good mule. But shortly after getting John and Buck, I got a little gray mule. I'd gone to look at them. It was a pair of driving mules, little gray mules out in Cave Creek, Arizona that had been brought here from Missouri. And, uh, this outfit there had got them to use for part of their business and found out that they couldn't, couldn't touch them, couldn't lead them, couldn't handle them. They were, <laughs> they were, they called me yeah. crazy. Uh Um, so anyway went to to look at them and one of them was way outside of you know my abilities by a long long shot and I didn't take her the other one the guy was just you know he was ready to just give her away basically that's how how rough they were but I saw a little potential in the other one and we named her blue took her home and just as green and naive as I was you know I worked with her and did all the groundwork I could from the best I understood it, which come to find out wasn't terribly accurate. But I, was doing, <laughs> I was doing my best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and got a saddle on her. And after three or four days, I started riding her and it was, mm. it was really cool. And I think it was her third or fourth ride. And my dad and I went on a ride together and I took her out. We went up into, up into this Canyon called bulldog Canyon. That's near our place and rode her up to the top of the hill and everything was great. Rode her, all all the way down to the hill down the hill and everything was great and we were in the wash and i was feeling confident and cocky and jumped her off the you know about a two-foot little ledge she kind of hopped off and started to trot and as soon as she started to trot she went to bucking (laughs) (laughs) and i am no cowboy i came right (laughs) off the front you know front flip slammed into the ground and I holler at my dad who was up ahead of me. I'm Dad, she bucked me off, you know. And he was able to get in front of her and, and catch her. So and, you want to be a cowboy, oh my yeah. gosh. I got back on. Oh man, and you know, that's what you do, get back on and started back down that wash and I started feeling good. And I'm like, Well, she's been doing okay. And that wash was just soft enough to let me be stupid and started to ask her to trot again and she bucked me off again. <laughs> buck me right over the front and she ended up out on the highway she got past my dad out on the highway and this oh, is right no. as the sun's going down and there's a lake up there and all the boaters this is in the summer you know june or something so all the boaters are coming from the lake and so there's trucks with trailers going down this highway and blue's just running up the, the side of the road so uh, my dad took off after he was able to get her caught and uh I hopped back on her, rode her back to the trailer, and you know, rode her a couple more times, and then sent her to my brother Tyler. He's got a place where um, he's, Hold on. he's got some land out there. So, is
0: that when she got her nickname, Lucifer? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I called her Lucifer after, so she went out to Tyler's because he had he needed a driving mule, and Blue okay. Blue did know how to drive. She was actually a very very good little driving mule. Mm-hmm. Um, she went out there and worked with a he had a much larger mule that he'd work her with and blue just was only 14, two, but full of heart. That little mule had no quit. She'd just go and go and go. And so he would drive them and we'd hook them to a little farm implement and, you know, disc up his one acre and all that kind of stuff. It was just a lot of fun. So she was out there for eight months or a little bit better. And we did a pack trip with her and she was a really good little pack mule, went deer hunting and all that kind of stuff. And then I ended up getting her back and, Kind of restarted her with a little bit more, little bit more experience on my end, uh-huh. and uh, that was good. And maybe two, three months after, well, let's see, that was me. Yeah, a couple months after I started riding her again, um, there was an open spot at your August um, semi-private clinic in Fountain Green back in okay. 2020. Yep, <clears throat> you got one of the COVID spots. I got a COVID spot. We had all kinds out, of COVID so spots. That got to year. go hang out with the Cynthia's and Ty and Yep. I got there and found out I was doing everything wrong. (laughs) I was like, oh shoot. And, uh, you know, it just been doing it wrong for so long, but got some help, got some correction and kept working with her. And we made it to the Wickenburg clinic this last year on her and had a really good time there. Had a off with me once. She didn't like the rope and shoot. I think you talk about that and,
0: your clinic yeah Embry from then yeah yeah they yeah these people know you actually yeah that's right we've <laughs> we've talked about you talked before. about blue and yeah <clears throat> yeah actually uh, this guy tell you we got an email the other day or a message the other day that uh somebody that listens to the podcast and she had heard that story yeah and i you know me talking about you know if they run off go with them don't what don't grab the fence don't look no. at the fence don't <laughs> grab the fence don't do anything with that fence. And, uh, anyways, using you as an example, but she wrote and said basically that, yeah, we, we saved your life. So Nathan, you're, you're a hero.
1: Glad I could be of help. You you know, me and Lucifer,
0: we got your back. You took a little dusting, but you know, it was, it was... It was all worth it. What do you say? Life's too short to learn from your own experiences? Learn Learn from from other people's mistakes. Life's too short to learn from your own. See, I seem to have a
1: problem with where I look. (laughs) (laughs) You've been giving me junk on that this whole whole clinic. I can't put my eyes where I want to end up. I looked at that fence, and sure enough, I was on that fence. So (laughs) I guess there's something to that principle. Nathan's eyes are like a
0: magnet to his mule's head. I'm trying to sync up,
1: man. Trying to,
0: like, trying to get this communication going. We're going to get something deeper. Something deeper. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, sorry to interrupt you there. But uh, but yeah, you came up there to the 2020 August, August 2020 uh, semi-private clinic. And, yep. and you know, those those are, are a good time. And a lot of listeners have heard the debriefs on things, but that's what we've been doing this week. And, and they're basically a collective, uh, kind of like a, a holistic type clinic. Holistic meaning covering the whole range of, of thing from everything from groundwork to the riding work. And, uh, and you did that. And then you came to Wickenburg, uh, at the Boyd Ranch Mule Days yep. Clinic. Did
1: foundation and mulemanship yep. one. And so, the foundation course, for those of you that haven't taken it, that is the most, you know, I, I think I got the most out of that by, you know, I mean, I've gotten a lot out of all of these clinics, but, you know from a foundation standpoint i mean it's it's necessary i think even if you've been riding and putting time on you need to know how to do that on the ground yeah comfortably it makes a big difference so that was a big changing point for my horsemanship mulemanship experiences was better understanding how to how to drive from the ground how to move from the ground
0: and then you came to
1: the rock crawling yeah how was that that was awesome that was a good time that ruins you for for regular trail rides though so Beware. What Beware was old. your
0: initial? I remember you, you made a, you had a famous quote, the, the ladies that came to that kind of, they, they had quoted you All right. thereafter. So, I think I'm, I'm sitting there. What, what was that? What'd you say? All right. So we, we, we've been
1: riding and man, for, for a minute, you know, without my experience at that point, it was like, oh, some of the stuff it was like, man, these guys are crazy. And we came up to the edge. What do you call it when you go down the sand? What do you call that? We call
0: them oozers. Oozing. Oh, my gosh. So, so you, ooze ooze, off the sand. you ride
1: right to the edge of this cliff, it looks like. It's, and sand. Ro- it's, and sand. it's sand. It's sand. No rocks. You look straight down, and Ty just rides right off the edge. And I and I turned blue, and I was like, oh, we have blue, we have got to find new friends. <laughs> <laughs> and... And you know, I'm a, but it became a I'm a famous quote. I'm a thirty-two-year-old guy there, and there's all these women in their fifties and sixties, and they're just kicking butt and taking names, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is man, these people are way too extreme for us. But shoot, after you do it, it's it's pretty addicting. It's it'll get you sucked right in.
0: It does spoil you for regular writing because you, you can't it's so hard to just trail right after <clears> because <throat> I don't know. Well, Well, I do know why, because you you get these major rushes, you know, but you do something that pushes you past your comfort zone, you get it done, you accomplish it. Then you get this big old hit of some good feeling chemicals in your brain. You're like, wow, it's the highs and lows of the adrenaline, right? It's the same thing you've been talking about with all the brains of the mules. That's right. It gets you to a different level. It really does. It does indeed. So So after that, you had a big change in your life. Yeah. So a big, big change. You need to talk about that because that's going to lead us into quite the conversation here. Perfect. So we, we had somebody approach us, you know, COVID hit. We
1: thought, you know, we weren't sure how things were going to go in, in the bike industry, bike business. And sure enough, it actually was super busy. You know, when they shut everything down, people wanted to be outside. They wanted to be out on the trails and we were so busy. So normally we shut, you know, our business really slows down. We get a lot of winter visitors in our area so it slows down quite a bit you know april may and it just never stopped i mean we were just just busy with the service side of our business which is you know the the best side from a business standpoint you know you can sell bikes but if you can do a lot of service you're you're going to actually make money Uh um so it just never stopped but unfortunately our supply chain did with a lot of things so um there was a time you know i'd grown Grown this shop to where we had, you know, a minimum of maybe 70 or 80 bikes on the floor at a time to, you know, for a good eight month period, I had maybe three or four at a time. I mean, it was really a struggle to get product. Um, and then on that side, you've got people coming in that you've worked really hard to build something into some, into a business where you, you have the, you know, the customer service side, you want to be able to take care of people and, and say yes, you know, and, At at that point, things just you're, are out of your control, and it started to really wear on me. It got old to say no, I you know I can't do this or I can't do that. And you do everything you can, and we still were busy and things were still good. But I had a guy approach me about buying our business, um, and I told him I said, hey, this is where things are at. This is the state of things. Um, you know, at that point, you know we weren't a particularly large bike shop, but I had over a million dollars in back orders on stuff, not because I would normally, you know, get that many bikes in a year, but just, you know, shooting out there going, gosh, I'll take whatever comes available. This, we have some product. Um, so that fellow ended up buying, buying our business from us, which has been, been a really good thing. You know, I think I was emotionally kind of spent out of that. You know, I I'd grown it to, to as big as I think that one space could have been without, branching off and opening more and i just didn't have the desire for that i kind of let that go cycling wasn't wasn't the same once it became a hmm. all-encompassing you know thing that owns your life basically so owning a business is wonderful but sometimes aspects of it own you and it's hard to hard to step away and your business, you're a in. business man, you're a businessman
0: you're entrepreneurial type guy too yeah. so you kind of have the mindset of something else coming along, do something else, build something else, right? Yeah. So, you made a, a, a totally a ninety degree turn, one hundred eighty. What did I say? One eighty. Different,
1: different change. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he, so go ahead and tell me what you've done. Well, I
1: have a, you know, I was, you know, five years ago getting horses and, and that kind of stuff, and then getting mules three and a half years ago. We have a need for farriers, and uh, you know, I would I would hire a farrier and. They'd either not show up on time or not show up at all and or reschedule or not three, call you back. Yeah. Three, four times. And you'd hear from them six months later going, Hey, I'd, you know, do you have anything I can do? And it really got old. So I've got a really cool neighbor, a uh, guy named Rick, who is a retired farrier. And after, you know, getting put off three or four times by a guy, you know, I, I went over to Rick and said, Hey, I, could you help me? You know, I want to learn to do this. I'd, I'd put the time in and, he put me, he put me to it. He started, started me, you know, I said, start reading, start studying the foot, start studying the anatomy, come, you know, become familiar with it. And I did, and he would kind of stand over my shoulder and point and teach and, you know, as much as he could. And he's, he's still a very fit, you know, he's well into his seventies. He's probably the toughest guy I know. I mean, he's just a cool guy. Um, good horseman too. That's something that's very key is he's not just a good blacksmith or a good farrier, he's, he's a really good horseman. Um, can really read a horse really well. And, uh, so spent time with him. And as we started to get to the point where the sale in our shop was going to go through, I found a, a guy that was a working farrier still, that was the best I could find. And I asked him if I could go start riding along with him and started doing that, started working with him, learning from him and really enjoyed the work. I mean, it's, kind of work where it's not even work, you know, it's physically demanding, but I just really enjoy it. Um, so ran off to horseshoe in school, went and got that done and had some experience there as well. And got back into the world and the farrier that i had started working with is on the other side of town. And he started, you know, throwing simple stuff my way. And anyway, we, we worked together some and I shoe horses, mules, Part time right or full time right now? I mean, we're kind of looking at different options, but for now, that's what I love doing and what I want to do. Well, you've gotten pretty good at it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you've uh, trimmed up all of our mules here and put shoes on one of them for us, and Mm -hmm. and uh, we sure appreciate that. And you do a good job. Thank you. And I and my back really appreciates it. My my legs and my knees, my hips, and uh, everything else. It's it's amazing. That's like something you probably, I mean, you're in shooing shape now, clearly, but, but you know what I'm saying? If you're not in shooing shape, how, how bad that feels when you, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a serious workout. Yeah. When you're, when your body starts to adapt
1: and you get past the pain and you start (laughs) to feel like you're getting, you're getting strong. No, you you know, your body, your body gives to it. It's, it's been a blessing. The whole, the whole experience has been incredible. Um, Uh even down to having, you know, you know, studying and having insight into what I need to do with a certain foot and, you know, ideas coming back from things that I've read or th- pictures that I've looked at and yeah, knowing, knowing what needs to be addressed and seeing positive results. So it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's it's cool. closest I'll get probably to being a cowboy, chasing <laughs> roping dummies with you and shoeing horses and mules. And
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well. So that kind of kind of brings us to to this point in uh, in your life. So we've kind of cut up on life. Uh, do you want to mention? Uh, you got a wonderful family, just an incredible family. Why don't you? Why don't you mention Megan and oh, yeah. um, and your kids? Yeah. One of the coolest things when we were so we did this this semi private in Mesa at his place what four weeks ago now. Yeah. And he uh, got this team of ponies. Oh, and they yeah. They are broke, broke, broke. To drive i mean and it will anything whatever they're just them, broke ponies they're, they're good. and these little kids every you know just just tearing off down the road having fun and uh anyways once you you got to introduce your family a bit and t- sure. tell them about what they like and which kids are into riding which kids aren't i know it's sure. always a dynamic and these families right yeah so my wife megan is uh man she just
1: she supported me in all this in the biggest way. In every everything that we've done, she's my, you know, she's my partner in everything that we do. Every, you know, even she's not bending over horses' feet, but she is absolutely supporting our family business and you know our family economy. And um, wonderful mother, and uh, she tells me she met me when she was ten but I don't remember her till we were about 12, but you know how that goes. I don't think I started noticing girls till about then. So maybe that was it, but she is, she's my best friend has been since we were kids. And, um, she didn't grow up with horses or mules or, you know, anything or even probably much of an interest in them, but she has sure supported me in a big way. Yeah. So, and we've got four kids. Our oldest is Emma. She's nine now. and then we have a daughter named Reagan that's seven and Ty's two daughters, Ellie and Swayze are, you know, and my Emma and Reagan are within a month of each other, you know, so they're all real close in age. So they enjoy playing together. And then I've got Clara grace. She's five. And then our son is Andrew and he's four. So, and he
0: is, he is cool. (laughs) Andrew is cool. So I'm over there and, and, uh, Ah, you gonna teach my dad how to be a cowboy? I'm like well, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, bro. It's a heavy order. It's, it's a tough case, but I'll we'll try. <laughs> but uh, you know, and he and he wants to be a cowboy too. Oh yeah, he wants. To he be gave a you three
1: options. Remember?
0: Remember what he told yeah, you? what were they? They can't. <laughs> co- be a police officer. Police officer, firefighter, firefighter, or cowboy, or a cowboy. So he's got, he has to think about it still. Oh, no, he decided. No, he told you. That's right. Yeah. He decided he that. Told you like, that in the morning. Like, I decided, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be a cowboy. I'm going to so, do it. Yeah. Like, all right. He, he thought about it a whole day and then he let did. You know. He 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 analyzed it sitting down at dinner it. and threw it out. He probably took pen to paper, figured out, you know, wages and everything. But mm-hmm. he's trying to find the best way to starve to death, I guess. Yep. I he found it. So, <laughs> but that's, he's, he's a cool kid and he just, he's a tough little kid. Uh, Just hops on those ponies and, takes off there and yeah and just having to, it reminds me of, of me when I was a kid with growing up. I mean me and my brothers were just like that. We always had freaking wild ponies though. Not like yours. <laughs> yours are, you're you're a good you're you're a good parent. Yeah. You know? And uh <laughs> but we always had just freaking wild ponies that would just run us through the trees and and uh oh man oh man i've I've been beaten up by a lot of ponies yeah back in the day the
1: funnest thing with those ponies is clara and andrew are just our our little ones we'll saddle them up and they'll ride around our little arena area and they'll follow the little zebu cattle around and Mm -hmm. you know that those little horses will kind of hook onto the cows it's kind of fun to watch and andrew just gets a kick out of it the ponies like those cows oh yeah
0: oh cool well you should show me that when i was there yeah oh i've
1: got a picture of andrew with with that one I'll post it up. Sweet, It's pretty cool. He's he's got his ears forward and he's on them.
0: I see. You know, he's gonna have him roped and out um, out there and stretched out, and he's gonna take can't Brandon. Can't be a cowboy without working cows. You <laughs> so. gonna wake up? He's gonna be out there branding one day. Yeah. So just last
1: week they were riding around though, and Andrew and Clara are giggling. Clara, she's to the point now where she just wants to trot everywhere she goes. So these little ponies are Fast. just bouncing, and bouncing, bouncing, round and round. And they, I think they'd gone around the arena two or three times. And that little gelding, Andrew is on is finally just like i am done you know like you're just not giving me a break and they're just giggling it's just the funniest thing and that little pony he kind of kind of breaks halfway into a lope it's like you mm-hmm. know kind of half lope half hard to ride half yeah half trot half lope he's kind of halfway in between and mm-hmm. andrew ended up popping off of him hits the ground and starts hollering and screaming tore his chin open and You know, about five, 10 minutes later, he's out there, he's back on it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's sitting backwards in the saddle and laughing and carrying on and trotting around that way. I'm like, Oh man, just, that's a good way to grow up. You know, I, I I wish that we could have had that all (laughs) grown up, but I'm sure grateful for the opportunities now. So it's been good. Great family. We we're grateful to know you too. And, and your family, it's, it's been a good time. We had a lot of fun.
0: Well, we're going to transition here a little bit, but uh, before we do, uh, we're going to take a break. Got to thank some sponsors. Um, when we come back on a, I want to kind of go back a little bit to some of the clinic stuff, some of the blue, bluecifer. Sweet blue, baby. Sweet bluecifer. That's right. Uh, we'll come back to that a little bit. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah, let's right. do it. We'll be right back. Hey, you want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colton Ehring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find them on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Okay, friends, we're back with the everyday mulemanship podcast. I'm Ty Evans and, uh, this is Nathan hire. If you're tuning in later, if you're, uh, Yeah, if you didn't start from the beginning, which I don't know why you wouldn't. I probably didn't really need to say that.
1: Hey, let's just rock on.
0: Okay. Uh, So Nathan gave us his life story, and he's really enjoying talking about himself here. It's it's a good therapy session for him. He, He enjoys this, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, <I am. laughs> I'm the most biggest introvert you'd almost ever see. So, I'm joking because as, as he's talking about himself, he's kind of screaming and he keeps rubbing his shirt, even though I told him not to. Sweating like crazy yeah. here in the Freightliner studio. Yeah, we're in, we're in the Freightliner studio and it is a little warm, but anyways, uh, Nathan, let's let's move on here. Um, I want to well, move on, but also go back, sure. So, we, We talked about all these different clinics you've been to. The first one, you got into a semi-private clinic and back in 2020, my semi-private clinics basically consisted of four days where you just come and each person basically works on whatever they want. It's just a semi-private meaning it's each of you are working individually, but, you know, in a, in a group setting. So, you know, yeah, you just kind of share the, share the costs of, of doing a clinic, right? Yep. That's pretty much what it is. Yep. I've changed that now to now we're in 2022 and I've now got different levels. So when you sign up for a class, excuse me, when you sign up for a semi-private clinic, now you're signing up for a level. Your house just a few weeks ago, it was a level one, which was introduction to introduction to intermediate level snaffle bit work. Yeah. This one, we just finished up here in Sedona. uh, It was a level two. So which was intermediate to advanced snaffle bit work and, it's kind of pushing the to the highest, pushing as far as we can to get that higher level. Um, and we do teach everything in the snaffle bit that we're ever going to do. So the, some of the stuff we did is, you know, that's, it's as hard as it gets. Well, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to, though. Yeah. So you've done these. then You've also done the rock crawling. You've also done mealmanship one. You've also done the foundation class. We were just talking, and the only thing you haven't done is a mealmanship two and a cow working. That's pretty much what I offer, right? Yep. So, doing all these clinics, give me your take on on these different things, you know, or maybe give our audience a little take from your, because Nathan has a unique perspective because he's a participant, but also he's one of my clinic hosts. And when you take on the, when you put on the clinic host hat, it changes the, the dynamic and you kind of get a little deeper view into, you know, kind of being around me, right? Yep. yep. So, you know, I'll say
1: again for those that haven't been in it yet, you know, even if you've been riding for a long time and you think you don't need the foundation stuff, go to a foundation class, sign up for a class. It is, it is, uh, you know, the most, most useful, I think, you know, I mean, you need to have that foundation is before you move on the, the, uh, first clinic I went to in fountain green, it was, you know, just what do you need help with? And at that point I was so green Um, I was there with, with my little gray mill blue and I didn't even know what to ask. I mean, I was, I was really just, I don't know, you know, I think we got through, you know, a little bit of groundwork and started the idea of rolling the hindquarters and starting to get a little glimpse of that a little better understanding. I mean, it was just, it was a lot to take in. I mean, there's, there's, you know, getting yourself in the right position and getting your timing right is all maybe a little bit more little bit more than it seems i guess you know it's simple but it's you know there's there's some depth to it um but then as we move forward i i enjoy the mule mission one course but for me and my my the way that i learn i really enjoy these semi-private clinics i like the structure of them i like the small size i i enjoy the camaraderie that you get You know, everyone that I've been to has just been, you know, you get the best people. Well, they're, they're different.
0: These, uh, some of these listeners will have no idea what we're talking about as far as classes go. Sure. So let me explain something. I offer my normal mulemanship classes. It's like my regular three day or four day clinics where you show up, you sign up for a class, uh, like a foundation class, which is all groundwork. And that's what you're saying. They need to start with. And I agree. Uh, we have a Mulemanship 1, which is stuff that everybody should know. It doesn't matter your discipline. Mulemanship 2 is more advanced, pretty challenging. Coworking is, of course, specialized. Um, but we, we have regular classes. And I teach a, a process, right? I go in order. We, we have this, this uh, process we call the checklist. And we teach the process, but also principles that go with it. Principles don't change. Sometimes the process does um but anyways that's that's the normal stuff and it's very structured so you basically you're taking a class step one two three whatever right um and these semi-private clinics uh like I said they do have a level so we're trying to we're trying to all work a, on a similar level that way I get a group together where you're all very close that way I don't have somebody over here doing groundwork and they can't even you know begin and meanwhile I have somebody over here working on lead changes that's too challenging for, for me. I'm not I don't have the talents to 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 spread myself that thin, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I like to keep everybody the same thing and uh or at least pretty close. So, the other thing that these semi private clinics do though that my regular classes is I mean, we hang out all day. Breakfast together, usually right uh right in the morning, lunch together, ride in the afternoon, dinner together, after dinner, sit around the fire, hang out next day, do it all the same. You even came hiking with me. Yeah. So I get up here, get up early. I like to see the sun come up, hit these red rocks. So uh, I was about to go hiking. They said, what are you doing? I'm going to go hiking. Want to come? Yeah. All right. So we went hiking before class. So we really got to hang out a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but we've also got to hang out with everybody. And, and the cool thing is, is, you know, in the mornings we, we talk about, uh, you know, well, I ask you two questions. Share, what, what are they? Share your, do you remember? Highlight? Highlight. And, and what and
1: you learned. And what you learned. Yeah.
0: And I told you why I make people do that this morning. Do you remember? Yeah. Get your mind right. It's mind right. Get your thing. I like to start with a highlight because tell me what was so great about yesterday because there's a, we're so blessed to have another day. You know, uh, what, what was so great about yesterday? What what can you find? And, and it gets people thinking about the good in their working sessions with their mules. Mm-hmm. If I ask them what was tough, what was hard, oh, they give me all kinds of crap, right? You know I mean? You could tell me all this stuff that's hard, hard, hard. But if I say, tell me your highlight, it really gets your mind in a different set. So yeah. anyway, so you're saying you, you enjoy this semi-private. Why do you like the semi-private clinic so much? You, yeah,
1: it's partially probably, you know, I just learn better in a smaller, small group, myself. small you know, groups, so small a big group. advantage. and then we do get, you know, like, like you were saying that, that time that we sit in the morning, you know, it's just being on a mule the whole time is, is wonderful. But you know, in Mesa, a couple of weeks ago, we kind of got rained out one day and we got to go through gear and go through a lot of the process and talk about it and ask a lot of questions. That was really valuable. But the time that we get to spend talking, asking questions, um, learning from each other's experiences and you know, sharing our wins is always is always good. And it's e- a little bit easier to do in that smaller size. But um, probably better tell about my transition from Blue, maybe. And what yeah. brought me to these last couple of clinics, you know, what what we've done in
0: these last couple of clinics. Yeah. So, you know, we had uh, we, we introduced <laughs> Blue uh, earlier, a.k.a. Blue right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when you told me that nickname, do you remember what I told you? Yeah, you said, don't don't call her that. Don't call it color sweet blue. Yeah, call sweet said. blue, but let's, let's it's all in the perspective, right? Yep. Uh, I shared a quote. At least semi-private clinics, I share little quotes and little thoughts that I have in my journal. And although you uh, give me crap about that, hey,
1: I can't tell you how many of those I have written down right in front of me right now. <laughs> yeah. These people are gonna wonder nobody, what we're talking about. Nobody values your journal more than me. <laughs> and Maybe you. <laughs>
0: Oh man. I got to say it real quick. Okay. So we're sitting there in Mesa Jeez. and I, at these semi-private clinics. So I got this meal journal. A lot of you have heard me give stuff out of this meal journal, but it, you know, at the end of the clinics <laughs> myself, like I'll go write stuff down today. Um, but I, I write down my thoughts and my experiences, what I learn, Cause you know, here, I mean, this was a small, I mean, this is a semi-private. So there's only four, four or five more meals here. Right. But I learned something from four or five more meals. Right. Yeah. And every week, I get 20, 30 mules usually, right? These regular clinics. So I write down experiences and then I also write down if I hear a quote. Everything from other trainers, other clinicians, other teachers, uh, other speakers, motivational guys uh, to, all the way to, to religion. You've heard me drop a few religious yeah, uh, quotes this week, uh, you know, from from our religion where we're both you and I are both members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. And, uh, so I've, some of our religious leaders, I've, I keep quotes and you may be the only one at the clinic that knows the, the speakers that I'm I'm talking about, but always applicable. Yep. But anyways, um, I share this. So, and I have never thought about it as being weird and Nathan said, well, how would it, what'd you say? Okay. I don't. I don't have famous people <laughs> etiquette. Apparently, you're the most famous person I know,
1: and so you you open your journal oh, yeah. and you go, "Hey, do you want some knowledge? Do you want some knowledge from my journal?" Oh, okay. and so I went. It sound like that, man? How cool would that be? And people and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, please." How cool would that be to be in a place in life where you could open your personal journal uh-uh. and ask somebody, "Would you like some insight?" For life, for yeah. my journal, but then to be begging for it. It finally it's hit cool. me
0: though, but it, it 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 hit me as like, oh my gosh, do I am I like prideful? Do I have like an ego here? Like, am I? Is that weird? Well, I Anyways, I, I was upset, but I, I didn't, didn't want to mean talk to Scott. touch your tender side. I'm
1: sorry, I didn't mean it that
0: way. Anyway, so that's the little inside joke here <laughs> now, and I won't let Nathan live it down probably for ever, but. Um, no. Anyways, uh, I don't know where we were going with that. Oh, blue. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Because I'm like, okay, blue. it's all in your, you, you know, how you view the mule is the what they become. Yeah. So if you're always calling her Lucifer, yeah. she is not going to become sweet blue ever. And she still might not become sweet yeah. blue. But. Well, you know what? If every time I got on
1: her, I, I got on her with the mindset of she's going to buck me off or she's yeah. going to this or that, which after, you know, she bucked me off those two times in the wash and it really, you know, bucking wasn't a a real answer for her. She, it really wasn't once, once we got some of those things going right. Um, and I'd got to that clinic and got some help and we knew how to engage her feet a little bit different and keep her mind a little bit busy. It really wasn't an issue. You know, it wasn't her, her go-to. She just had, you know, she had some kind of, you know, she wasn't, very friendly. She didn't have a sweet disposition. Like she wanted to be pet or touched or Mm -hmm. anything, but she was really a cool little mule, lots of heart, you know, like I say, and she ended up being, you know, we took her to the rock hopping clinic and rode the heck out of her, had a great time. And for me with, you know, with my four little kids and my family, I, I, my term is to have good mules with, you know, the right disposition to be family mules. I'd like to be able to go packing with Andrew with, with Emma and, you know, with, 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 my kids. So that's the long-term goal. And so at rock and I remember sitting on the, on the cliff talking to you going, Hey, you know, Lisa actually started this. She came and said, Hey, if you ever want to sell that mule, I, you know, I really want her. She liked, she liked the way blue navigated some of the rough country. Blue was just really a good little trail mule. And, uh, and I talked to Ty and I said, Hey, should I do this? And Ty will never tell you, yeah, sell your mule or, you know, whatever. Um, But basically, but basically gave me pretty good advice. And at the first clinic that I had gone to when we first met, you know, he, he kind of, you know, not real, real bluntly, but said, Hey, you know, you might consider starting a cult, you know, you might, you might get more out of your time if you did something like that, you know, but so anyway, time had gone on and we got talking at that clinic. And anyway, I had a, I had a cult at home that I had bought as a two-year-old. I found him with that idea in mind of someday I was going to start him and, you know, Ty said it was a good idea. So I ended up with this little sorrel mule named Hank, who is just, you know, sweetest disposition, just a friendly, really nice colt I mean, just as about as sweet as, as they can be. And so it was getting to that point that was May and Hank was turning three in June. And it was kind of like, well, you know, I could keep putting all my time and I rode blue for a year, six days a week. I put a ton of time in her and I mean, she was, she was to the point where she would she'd do really good. If you just got on her and went and rode her, I mean, you could, you could lope off on her. You could do a lot of things, but if you started asking a whole bunch of questions, she'd get pretty bothered and brace up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then, you know, she just didn't have that disposition that I wanted for my family. And I was putting a lot of time there that could be used somewhere else. So I found blue a home, a real good place. And, you know, she gets ridden and she's been, been a good little trail mule for the guy that has her now but started Hank in June. and Hank is four. Hank is coming four now this year. So he was coming three then. And we had, I had taken him on a handful of pack trips from the time I'd got him and done a lot of groundwork, um, with having better instruction. So actually being a little more accurate and in the way I was asking my questions and the way I was moving his feet. Um, I took him to, he actually did the foundation class with Hank Right. In Wickenburg last year. <clears throat> right. So that was awesome. You know, that was, he was just ready to ready to start as a three-year-old. I mean, he was, he was
0: everything that a colt should be, I think. So talk about, uh, you know, you know, one of the things I, when, when people ask me these questions about working on this mule, or should I fix this problem or is this mule worth keeping? Is this horse worth keeping Is you know, whatever, should I get, sell it? Should I get rid of it? Should I give it away? Should I quit? Should I start over? I, I give them the the mule investment. Yep. Talk,
1: share that. You want? I don't. I don't remember it all. Okay.
0: But. So, and I, and I and this is what I told you about Blue and, yeah. and Hank and everything. Um, and I've told a lot of people this, but if you if you just were pretty simple, I mean, most of us here and, and definitely everybody listening to the podcast, we all are have we're having to deal with money. Right Uh, on a daily basis, and a lot of people um, are familiar with investing money, and 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 I'm and I'm not here on this podcast to tell you how to invest money. That's (laughs) that ain't it. That ain't it. But I'm here to tell you a a little analogy that might help you if you are in a predicament. Whether you think should I put time into this mule or should I put time into that mule, and if you break it down into instead of talking about the mule, talk about money. Mm And if you had, you know, a 100 grand and you could put it into blue, the the blue investment, right? Uh, and I said, well, yeah, you can put into it and you, you, you know, if you're going to invest in blue, well, you're going to have to check up on that stock quite a lot. You're going to have to check up on that market because it could drop one day and go up the next and drop harder the next day. And you know what I mean? It's all over the place. You need to pay attention to it. Um, and your return is only uh, 2%.
1: High investment, and low return.
0: Okay. But there is a, you know, you'll get a return. It, uh, it might take a little longer. But it'll, it'll be there someday, but it's, yeah. Okay. Same $100,000, but you're going to invest it into Hank. A fresh, gentle, gentle colt. Great colt, right? I mean, just a good boy. Uh, same investment, 100 grand into into Hank here. But your your return on that is ten percent, maybe more, and not near the work. And even if you said it was equal amount of work, you're still getting 10% instead of two percent. You know, if if I if I talk to people about that with money, that it's a no-brainer of the investment, right? Sure. They say, Oh, absolutely, invest in, in in the Hank uh stock.
1: Hank's the company F- he wants.
0: You know what I mean? Because it's it's a good return on your your work, your investment. Yeah. But you know that's taking all the emotion out of it and just thinking about what you're going to get, and that's the hard part because people have emotional. You know, just like you said, well, geez, I work, I work blue, six days a week for a year. That's a lot of hours, right? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a hard decision, you yeah. know. But, um, but you made the choice to say, all right, well, I'm going to invest my time into Hank into a cold. Yeah. And we were talking about it this weekend, and some of these ladies probably thought you and I were crazy here because I said, uh, remember what I said about colds? I said. Yeah really if people only knew how easy cult starting really was it, people everybody would do it absolutely uh, instead because so many people buy uh and now you listeners out there i'm not telling everybody to go buy a colt okay don't take it that way because there's a lot more to it than just that but what i was talking about with Nathan and these other ladies here was uh how how easy it really is compared to well, Nathan, you've been to a lot of clinics now you've seen yep. people come and they've they've just went and spent $10,000, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a mule and they're getting ran off with or they're getting the the mule or the horse is bolting the horse is bucking them off uh, the donkey won't load in a trigger you know I mean you've seen all these things of people buying older mules because they don't want to have a cold, right mm-hmm. because it could be dangerous, but yet they're dealing with these older mules that have a hard you know or you know, they're, they're just kind of, they have some trouble and some, and some baggage, you know, and uh, some of these ladies didn't agree with that. They thought I was a little bit loony. Yeah. If you find the right one, you, you're but, much better off. And one of the ladies says, she says, well, maybe you ought to show the, the easy stuff more than the, the, the tough stuff. Remember the yeah? Nobody, everybody
1: wants to see them bucking and carrying on. That's the stuff that sells, right?
0: Well, it's, it's funny because I, I was nice like,
1: "Quiet, ride. It's nothing."
0: We post, we post way more easygoing, quiet work on our cults than we ever do with any of the trouble, because we have easygoing way more than we ever have trouble, right? But guess where the clicks happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get ten thousand views on on Dally throwing the saddle off. Yeah,
1: twenty views on on Hannah getting Man, more, started. More than ten thousand,
0: more like like eighty or ninety thousand yeah, views on big uh, on that versus me trying to teach Hannah how to just loop a nice little circle, like two hundred. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the uh, it's the people and and so what happens is these these uh, algorithms come up and and uh, yeah, people are people see the trouble more than they see the good stuff. So yeah. anyways, <clears throat> let's go on here. So you made the decision. You said, I'm going to invest in, in the cold side of things. Yeah. And how has that journey been with, Man. with Hank?
1: So beginning of June was doing groundwork, had him saddled and I was out there with my daughter, Emma. She's my best riding buddy. She, we had, she rides our mule John and her and I just get along doing this stuff and spending time together. So doing groundwork on him and he just, Everything was so fluid, so on time and just so ready. I said, you know what, Emma, I'm going to ride him, you know, I'm just going to get on him. He just begging for it. And so <laughs> She was my flag person. She stood in the middle of the round 10 and, and I said, you know, if, if he needs help going, you know, just get the flag after him and get him moving and, you know, got on, walk, trot, lope, both directions. Everything was just really quiet, you know, and mm-hmm. from there it was, you know, just man. Easy in comparison. I mean, I had Hank doing things in, you know, the first six weeks that it had taken me six months to get blue doing. So, you know, talk about time investment there. Well, you know,
0: so, so you had, how long did you have blue? I had Total. blue
1: for two years, but only really worked her for myself for, okay. you know, maybe a
0: solid year plus yeah. and, a little bit. And you've been working Hank now. You've actually invested nine months. Yeah. About nine months right now of riding time and work sure. and effort. and. And he is ten times further than you had. Oh, but yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's way more advanced. Oh
1: yeah.
0: And the cool thing is, you know, that and I and I've I've kind of mentioned this to you, but I wanted to tell you is, you know, you're still learning all these things. You're learning how to move and how to operate, yeah. and and you have a, another cult coming up. What was that, was that cult's name? Paisley. Yeah, you got Paisley yeah, coming so up at that first clinic, the first clinic in
1: you know, in Fountain Green, mm-hmm. Ty and I were talking you and I were talking and, uh, you had all these and Old Colts and I just thought they were gorgeous, you know, and mm-hmm. just, just beautiful. And that's when you were talking about it. And so anyway, I, I called Donnie Oldham up over at Rockin' Old Mules and got on his list with, uh, one of his mares that you've got two colts out of, right? Yeah. yeah we got Houlihan and, and Bozalita. Bozalita are both out of <clears> the same mare. And so I ended up with a She'll be a yearling, I guess, this year. Now coming up, a little mule named Paisley, who will, you know, she'll be a couple years from now.
0: She'll be she'll be going. But well, with your the things you're learning with between from Blue to Hank, oh, yeah. and then two more years from now. Oh yeah. Your education level, Paisley's gonna be better than Hank. Oh yeah. You know, and and uh, one thing I tell a lot of people is, you know. A lot of people say, Oh gosh, I feel bad for past mistakes I've made with horses or mules. And geez, I wish I wouldn't have rode that horse that way. You know, I wish I wouldn't have done that to that mule. But I say, You know what? Your future mules will thank you. So, Paisley is going to be very grateful for all the mistakes you're making (laughs) with Hank. Yeah. So, all these places you're not looking and not using your eyes, you're going to get that down with Hank (laughs) and you're going to be able to look where you're going with Paisley.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. The differences that have been made, yeah. you know, I, I just, just telling my wife a few days ago, I was looking at pictures of, of blue and some of the things I did on her and man, I would really love the chance to, to work with her now with, mm-hmm. I mean, just in, in less than a year's time, you know, from, from where I was at a year ago with her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just with me, my abilities, what I was able to do.
0: Which, yeah. You mean if you started blue now? If I could start blue today. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. I I think that all the time. That would be so cool. <clears throat> I got hundreds of mules yeah. that from back in my teenage years oh, yeah. and even early 20s that I wish I could have another chance at because I'm like, oh, I can fix it. That, that's nothing now. Yeah. That's nothing. You know, I thought that was such okay. a problem and it's nothing, you know. Um, but that's the way life is, isn't it? Yeah. As, we, as we go through life, we're learning where, you know, the, the problems that, you know, that maybe we thought we had as a teenager, the problems we thought we had as in twenties or, I mean, they're, they're very different now. You're like, oh, that's not a big deal, kid. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, and we'll probably feel the same way you know, another 20 years, they come back now. Like, oh, you thought that was a problem? Yeah. It's nothing. We'll probably feel that way about our kids too. They'll yep. be all grown up and we'll be like, shoot, we should have some kids because we know
1: how to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the time they're yep. growing up and moving out, we'll be, we'll wish we had some to, to start over.
0: Yep. <clears throat> well, Nathan, it's time. We've got to take another quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about your farrier stuff and uh, give these people some advice on some prepping their mules uh, for farrier work. You bet. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at mules and more magazine. Mules and more has been around a long time. It's a great magazine. And, uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little and I'd read it every month and loved it. And now, uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years. And she has done an amazing job. Um, also did you know that meals and more comes in a digital format you can download it on your phone read it wherever you're at so hey be sure to check them out MealsMore.com. and uh you know hey tell them ty sent you i'd be very grateful MealsMore.com. all right nathan we're back on you ready for more let's do it okay so uh <clears throat> so nathan uh talked about moving into the the farrier business. His business is called Four Peaks Farrier, right? Four Peaks Farrier Service. Four yep. Peaks Farrier Service, and uh, he's already got a great clientele built up. And and um, you're you're learning a lot about different styles of how ha- people handle oh, yeah. their animals. And you're learning as a farrier what you like, what you don't like. And uh, so I want to use this this time, and and I'm, I want to let you use this platform right now. This is your chance. To talk to people, all these listeners, how do you want them to handle their animals, um, or how do you not want them to handle the animals? What what's some do's? What's some don'ts? Sure, um, for these owners.
1: Well, I tell you, my favorite clients are the ones that you know will stand relatively quietly, holding their holding their horse or mule, you know, not throwing their hands around and bringing their energy level way way up you know there's a handful of them that are you know great people fun to talk to but they're just very animated and throwing hands around and that kind of thing and i can, i can feel all the way through that horse or mule all the way into their hoof you know that they're they're built up from the energy that's going on there which you know i guess in a herd that's one gets a shot of high energy mm-hmm. they all take off or they die right so they got they so to they're so fragile they're so fragile to energy so keeping keeping your your own demeanor relatively calm, you know, and appropriate for what you're doing. You know, it doesn't mean you can't do it, but when you're, when you're asking for one thing in the saddle or on the ground versus when I'm, I've got their foot in my hand or between my knees, stay calm, stay quiet. You know, the other thing is those that will allow their horse or mule to move. Um, you know, a little bit, I mean, give them a little bit, of a little bit of freedom. I guess is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. So not hanging constantly on the rope. You know, there's so many that are, you know, they're constantly just pulling down
0: on the head oh, of their yeah. animal. You've Golly. heard me give people lots of crud oh, for that my in my foundation classes. I think I'm hanging on their yeah, heads. I
1: think it comes, you know, part of it is is growing into horsemanship with with you as a mentor and this style of horsemanship, you know, there's, there's something about it that just is like, well, that's not, you know, that's not right. Yeah. Um um, the, the most success, you know, is if if your horse or mule looks away, you know, if they're trying to get out of town, just bump their nose back to you. You know, you don't sit and hang on them and, you know, um, carry on that way. You can just block them softly and keep them with us. That usually works quite well. Um,
0: what are some sure. things that, that these people can do to to prepare their mules or their horses for the farrier? What are some things they can be practicing when you're not there? What what can they do? Well, it
1: it goes back to, you know, the, the very simple foundation things, breaking the lead. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you can, if you can move a foot from, from your rein, from your lead rope on the ground, it makes life so much easier. You know, if you need to be able to back back that horse or mule into position to pick up a foot, if you need to, you know, get their haunches over into into position on, on whatever surface we're working on if you can't do that and you're just having to sit there and rip and pull and push the animal to get anything done, it's really a pain. You know, I mean, it's just not, not ideal. So breaking the lead, ba- know, and, get, and get with them where that, they lead
0: quiet. <clears throat> with that is balance. Yes. You know, the, the, the work we do this groundwork is not just to, uh, not just getting them light on the lead rope, but it's also teaching them how to shift weight from one foot to the other. Mm-hmm. And I know you as a farrier, that's something that, you can tell whether this animal is balanced or not, or, Absolutely. or, or partially, maybe they got a little bit or, or not. And if they can just shift their weight and when you ask for it, cause they can all shift their weight without us. Right. right. But talk on that. A little
1: so bit. I've got, I've got a sweet client there that she has a coming four year old Arabian colt that came from a, a halter barn that he was kind of a reject. So she's taking him and, and she's, she's working with him. She's doing everything she knows how to do, you know, and he's really a pretty, pretty nice little horse. He's friendly, all that kind of stuff. And I'll be working on him and he, he just, he's not balanced. You know, it comes down to, he doesn't have the strength. He's not very developed. Um, and so the last, you know, six, eight weeks ago doing his last trim, um, afterward, I said, Hey, you know, why don't you do a couple of these exercises? I, I kind of showed her how to clear his front end over and roll his hindquarters. I said, you know, make sure he's reaching, Get that nice reach with it with his back foot and you know he'll get some balance i mean it's he's practicing to balance and you're going to build a little bit of strength he's gonna be able to stand because he he would just you know he wasn't pulling it's not you know you could tell it's not a behavior issue necessarily he just he's uncomfortable he's not balanced at all and so she got to doing that and then this last time we just did her monday so it would have been right you know monday before we headed up here to sedona and that colt was totally different and she said, "You know, I've been doing this every day." And she's a lady that works hard with him, you know, and does everything that she can. I told her about your video library, which is a wonderful tool.
0: You're my best salesman
1: for the video hey man, library, even though you don't watch it. Hey, if I had time, I'm too busy working <laughs> meals, man. You're too busy. I'm, I'm too busy to shoeing, raising four kids, loving my wife, and <laughs> you know, I've got priorities. I love the video library as a resource, but yeah. shoot, when I get when I get to it, man. You know, I'm I'd, I'd sure love to just have a day to sit down and watch videos, but maybe someday. Yeah. Got to keep going, you know, got to got to keep working. So this, this lady had great success. So, I mean, just something as simple as that, just take, take something simple, subscribe to the video library, learn how to roll their hindquarters, you know, be able to
0: move their, their front feet over something
1: simple like that it makes a world of difference.
0: One thing I tell a lot of folks to, to prep or if they're, shoeing or trimming for the first time is is you don't have to do it all you don't have to do that whole hoof at one time Mm -hmm. like it's okay you know and you you know and we know not all farriers are like you because you know your investment like okay if i do a little bit of good mulemanship right now as a farrier if i'm gonna have this mule think because you you think of i know you think of your mules and your horses as clients yeah not not so much the human I know those are the ones that write you the check. I do it for the horses. But, but, yeah. but, you know, if you put a little mealmanship into this animal right now, when you come back in six weeks and then 12 weeks and 18, you know, whatever you, and the little time you can put into it now, is going to pay off. And so, you know, I, I've told you this before and I've told others this, ask your farrier to, Hey, can you just, just take a couple of, you know, just clip that foot a little bit. And then maybe set it down, go to the other side, mm-hmm. and and do that foot over there a little bit because making them balance on one side, especially these young these babies, like yeah. if you're doing a, a do yearling, the, I do that with colts all the just, time. We'll you know, just
1: work our way, work our our way around as you know as little as needed, but in trying to keep them in a
0: comfortable mindset. And I was watching you trim. Uh, so so we trimmed. I'm gonna have it on video library. For oh, you, boy. how Thank to you. hold, you didn't know you were on there. Oh, you were looking all goofy and dumb and everything. i was just kidding. Scratch my tail or something. Like yeah. Scratch your butt. But no, I'm just Shit. kidding. Uh, But, but how to, how you want somebody to kind of hold and, and pay attention to an animal. But, um, what I was going with this is we, we, we trimmed this, uh, coming two-year-old mule and I really liked how you, you, would you'd work on a foot and then you'd set it down and then you just let him soak. You didn't just go right, grab the, the next foot and, and grab the next foot and, and hustle and uh, smack him in the belly if, if he was moving. No, you 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 worked on one foot. And you sat down there and you just pet him on the neck a little bit and you visited with Lisa, you know the owner, um, and you took your time. And, you know, that's going to pay off. That's going to pay off so big. Because the mule, you know, and I've been teaching all kinds of brain crap all week, haven't I? Oh man, it's so valuable. All kinds of brain stuff, you know. But they need a chance to self-regulate and come off of that. So maybe they're getting slightly into the freeze state when you're when you're trimming them, like they're holding still for you, mm-hmm. and that's great. But they're almost in the free state. where they're they're nervous, but they don't. It's like they're trapped. They don't know what to do. And we don't want them to stay in this because what happens is if if they stay in that too long pretty next thing you know they're blown up and jerking away from you so when you went through that process and then you paused you set that foot down and we kind of waited for his head to kind of come down a little bit and I and you know the signs i've Mm -hmm. i've taught you the signs and you've learned these things you kind of know what to look for waiting for that next foot yeah yep i'm learning it
1: more and more you know it's that it comes down to as I made the decision, what I wanted to, to do, you know, what kind of work to do and farrier work was an option. It was, how do I get the most exposure to horsemanship or mulemanship? What What's going to give me the most opportunity to work on that for myself. And, you know, this has been it. And if I, if we don't learn that, I mean, as mule owners, if, if that's probably, that's probably more valuable than almost anything else. If you can learn to recognize the emotional state, you know, when, when your mule's up, recognize when it's come back down and you're ready to resume whatever you're doing with it. That's probably going to be one of the more valuable skills that you have as a horseman or as a mule, mule, mule or woman that is valuable. You could probably have, I
0: would imagine. Oh yeah. Just the ability to read the situation and read the emotions, read that, those expressions. Do they teach you that in farrier school? No, no, there's, there's plenty of farriers that are not horsemen. When, when you when you it's, start your for
1: your school you'll have oh, to teach, yeah, that, teach that teach uh, that I'll, I'll have a video library it'll be amazing i'm mean, well, serious people that don't watch it <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey i appreciate that ten dollars you donate me every month hey, i'm grateful for I'm it here for you I will keep putting out content to earn that ten dollars you bet yeah you um, put out enough free content but that's that's nothing you i appreciate
1: know, it I took advantage of you for years before i
0: started paying for yes. it so Anything else you'd tell these people, what, what's the, what are the worst things you see that people do that you're like, stop. Like if you could just say, stop doing that, please. What, what well, would you it, say? Well, it comes down to,
1: you know, again, to reading their emotions. So, you know, working on a big uh, thoroughbred horse that has striking and kicking issues and this trainer had been working with this horse. And so I went to, to trim him with the trainer there. And we got his front feet done. He pulled away a little bit, but it wasn't bad. You know, he was definitely quieter, less, less aggressive. He wasn't on the fight, you know, where before he had been on the fight pretty quick. So I thought, sweet, you know, she's done a good job with him. We're progressing. Everything's good. Picked up a back foot and he was being, you know, he's being pretty quiet. Um, He pulled it hard, but he didn't kick at me, which was awesome. And I just, you know, I'm a pretty quiet guy generally. So I just, put my hand back on his hip, work my way down, pick his foot back up. And as I start to work on him, I feel him just tense. You know, like I said, from the brain to the foot, I could feel him tensing up his whole body just changing. You know, his hip is leaning on me on my back and I'm bent over him. And when I look up over my shoulder and the, the trainer's got his ear twisted and she's got her other hand, you know, hanging on the rope on his halter, pinching his nose and I'm like, what, you know, why, why are you doing that? He was, you know, he wasn't in a place where he needed that, you know, he, he wasn't. And at, at, after that point, his mind was just blown, Uh you know, it was done. He kicked away and I'd go to touch his foot and he just kicking out right away. So if you can, if you could not do, you know, you talk about appropriate timing, maybe is the best way to think of that. You know, if you can learn to time those things appropriately, um, that would be, The ideal, you know, I've had folks take off, you know, take to hitting their horses or mules, you know, smacking them with a lead rope over and over and over repeatedly, you know, not just once to get a point across or, you know, give them, give them a jerk on a halter to get to block them from moving away or something, Um, you know, just don't do things that make you feel better. I guess is the way to do it. Let's try and do things to help the mule or the horse feel better. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know.
0: Yeah, some of these people smack and I just feel it makes know, makes okay. them feel better. And you I know, got like a, I got a punch you in there, but that's I not that's not going to help you. So, so let's do gonna... things to help help the mules. You that's know, good. help the horses. That's right. Anything else you'd like to mention about the farrier stuff, or uh, while we're on that topic, anything else that? Uh, no, no, I think that that pretty well covers it. It's you know, I I really appreciate. I really appreciate somebody like you out there doing a good job. Um, like you said, not all farriers are horsemen and I appreciate you out there doing that. And, and I'm, and I'm glad you realized that that investment of good horsemanship now, it will pay off so nicely, especially, you know, you're building this clientele and, you know, some of these clients, there's, I know a lot of people that have farriers for, I mean, the, the, the entire farriers career, right? Yeah. That's farriers out there, yeah. 20, 30 years. Absolutely. And, You know, they have the same clients, you know, and, um, so if you do a good job preparing those, your body will appreciate it. You know, it might take you a few rounds to kind of get things dialed in, but it's a good investment to, for the future. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty neat. Save your back. Keep you, keep you running. Well, uh, I think I want to. I want to close out here by asking you the same thing I ask all my guests on my podcast is, is if you could offer some, some advice and it can be, I've had all kinds of advice on here. Sure. Um, but whatever, what, what, what advice would you give to somebody with a equine, horse, mule, donkey? What would you say to them? Yeah, well,
1: it has to be this. It comes from something that Ty said this week during one of our morning meetings. He was actually talking about a book. Um you know, and, and kind of how it was,
0: what's it? Kinship, kinship, kinship with, all, with life. all life. Yeah. yeah that's what you're talking book.
1: about. So he was talking about this book and he, he said something that I really, really like, um, after having talked about how, you know, we can only do so much with our meals, you know, you've got four feet and you can move them forward, backwards and left and right. You know, there's, there's only so many things you can do. And after the last two clinics with, with my little mule, Hank, having put a lot of those things together and finally feeling that connection, which is exhilarating, by the way, you know, work for it. It's it's well worth it to, to put that time and effort in and, and to put the time into the clinics and a place where you have a good mentor to help teach you. Um, but the thing you said I really, really liked, Said you said, talking about the book, you said it's pretty deep in a simple fashion. Mm-hmm. And I think if we could approach horsemanship, mulemanship, a lot of aspects of our life, you know, with with that in mind that you know there's there's depth here there's things that we can invest in and and time to to put into getting the results we want uh-huh. but we can still enjoy the simple part of it you know that we don't have to overthink it don't have to create something that isn't there how much more fun and enjoyable the experience is for us and the mule heck yeah or the horse or
0: donkey well i appreciate you sharing that <clears throat> And I guess uh, I got one more question. I thought I was sure. done, but I got one more for you. So every, every morning I've asked you to share your highlight. So now you did all four days of the clinic. What was your highlight? What was your very favorite moment? I very saw you, favorite. I saw some smiles, oh, man. quite a few moments, you know, you're pretty happy with your mule. And, yeah. But what, if, but what was your highlight of the, of the four days? You know what,
1: my highlight, no doubt is not just for me, but for everybody in the clinic, you know, day one, we did a lot of, of work with a rope and dummy here, we're able to do a lot of that. Uh, Lisa's got an awesome arena and a, you know, good equipment that we're able to work with was watching and feeling others and, and my own little mule uh, hook onto that and how free they get, you know, when, when there's a, why to, to do these things, you know, you've got a reason to clear your front end over to roll your hinds around or to, you know, to, to work your transitions how cool that is you know we got to do a lot of lead change simple lead changes that kind of stuff stuff that at the beginning of this week i really had a pretty pretty slight knowledge of you know i could recognize a lead but had never really ridden it and yep. recognized how to, how to feel that so but you did by the end of the man way. all of the ladies here at the clinic this week watching their mules get to where they were hooked on to that rope and dummy and watching them free up and just you know just flat out run oh yeah <laughs> man it is the coolest feeling i love that That is unbelievable and you know my little mule getting him to that point as well you know a little colt that just loosens up and moves a lot freer and how much easier it is to to move all those po-
0: points of his body it's been a lot of fun oh yeah that's, well, that's well, the highlight i think man, just, well you do a good job here cheering others on and that's one of the coolest things about these clinics is oh, yeah. is the camaraderie oh yeah every we've got each I, other's I make backs, sure oh yeah, yeah and person. I make sure I I try to have that every one of them where because I love success I love people being successful I love to see businesses be successful yeah. I love to see people be successful in in life in in business in religion in uh, hobbies you know I like success and I cheer it I, I applaud success and so at the clinics I try to do the same thing get people to say Good job to somebody else. And I appreciate you doing that for everybody because Nathan was one of the first to say, good job, nice. And that's a good trait to have, man.
1: You know, as a part of our mulemanship, if we have a culture of support and a culture of positivity, man, we just,
0: we're going to be that much better. Every one of us. Well, it's been fun, man. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate that. Thank you let you get on home now to your wonderful wife and your kids. You haven't seen your kids for four days. So it's been too long. Oh, Andrew's Andrew's missing you. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, to all you listeners out there, thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate your support. Um, If you'd be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, if you listen on Apple podcasts, uh, and tell us what you think of the show. If you don't listen on Apple, that's okay. Send me an email, ty at tsmules.com. I'd love to hear from you and I'd uh, love to know how you like the show and how you uh, what you thought of Nathan. You can go ahead and be honest. Oh, man. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> all right. God bless you all, and we will see you down the road. I need to thank my friend Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds, craftsmanship is amazing, and it's made right here in the USA, right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks and uh, go to RomanHome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N, RomanHome.com. And uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you.